Hello everyone, my name is Jerry Galindo and I'm from the First Year Experience team and we are here with the First Year Experience podcast and I'm joined by my co-hosts uh, Gerson and Nick. How are you all doing today? Pretty good. I'm doing good. And today we have a really special guest. We have Dr. Allison from the UTRGV Counseling Center. So we're so excited to talk to her about all the services that the Counseling Center has to offer and more. So how are you doing, Dr. Allison? I'm really good. I'm excited to be here today and to be able to share a little bit about who we are at the Counseling Center and the different services we, we provide to our students. I guess the first question I really have is like, how is the Counseling Center handling the entire working from home and students at home transition that UTRGV has become a part of? It's been very interesting. Um, prior to COVID, we had already begun to implement our telehealth services. So we had a few students that are enrolled at the university, but they're not local. So they were doing online classes and we wanted to make sure that all of those students were also able to access our resources. So we had started the process. So when COVID came along and we all had to go home, we weren't too unfamiliar with it, but it was definitely a new experience for our students who were used to coming in to see us in person um, and then having to learn how to communicate from a distance online, just not having that, you know, in-person contact. But, you know, we've adjusted, what has it been, six months already that we're in um, and our students have adjusted. Uh, we find that they actually get on more frequently. I find that I have much lo lower no-show rates because we have access to telehealth versus our students who had to come to campus but had to find transportation or take off of, from work or whatever you know the the barriers were now they can access us from anywhere through their phone so i think a lot of our students actually like it but of course there's a lot to be said about that you know face to face connection i look forward to going back someday and getting back to you know our usual typical structure and you know our, our interactions with other counselors as well, but we're making it happen. You know, we're all doing the best we can. So in regards to you mentioning that more students are actually making the meeting times, have you seen a larger influx of students since the pandemic? Have you seen more students using your services? At first there was, there, we weren't getting as many calls, but I also do, we, we know that that was part of the entire adjustment phase. What are we gonna do? What's gonna happen now? That uncertainty really you know, led a lot of people to pull back. So we did have higher no-show rates initially, but we've actually, this summer, we've had more students participating in our services than we've had in the past. We actually updated our intake, our screening assessment, and we added a section for COVID to see how the individual has been impacted, you know, family health, finances, emotional, you know, needs, uh, friendship. So they're able to select those areas of, of concern as well. So it's not just I struggle with anxiety, but also COVID plays into that, into those intense, more intense feelings. I, I definitely, we've seen an influx. We have, unfortunately, our screening dates are a little further out. So if a student calls us right now, it might be a week or two sometimes three before they get to see us, but we're doing our very best to increase the amount of screenings that we can see to provide the students with the best services. But yeah, 
we're getting so many calls. We're definitely advertising and their students are coming and we're really thankful for that. So you mentioned how students are calling for like setting appointments and seeing what's available. Um, is that the primary way that students can start into getting a counseling appointment? Is it through calling or is there something else? That's even changed now with COVID. You know, pre-COVID, we would encourage the students to come in and make an appointment or to call us. But I, I believe it's 956-665-2574. Um, and that's our Edinburgh office. But if you call that number, you can, you know, say, hi, I'm a new client or I'm a previous client um, and I'm interested in scheduling a screening. Now with COVID, we've actually begun to accept um, appointment requests via email. The email is counseling at utrgb.edu. So students will go ahead and say, you know, I'm interested in scheduling a screening session or I want to know more about your online, I mean, your group services. Either, well, we have a specific therapist that answers to those emails, but they'll say, you know, here is the information, please call us, or this is what we have available right now as far as screening times go. I just wanted to ask our, our concerns I think are heightened right now with COVID. I just wanted to ask about practical stuff that we maybe should keep in mind for our mental health overall, not just not just right now, but just students overall. Yeah, that's that's been like the number one question that we get when we do, you know, Zoom interviews is like, how do we take care of ourselves when we're stuck in the same room, essentially the same space 24 seven, you know, for, for a lot of people that are practicing that shelter in place. Um, and I find that too. I have, you know, five to six, sometimes seven appointments in one day and I'll go from one meeting to the next and I won't get up. So I've had to be so intentional. One, it's really cold in, in my room. Um, but two, just to go outside during my lunchtime and sit out and get some sun and fresh air. I like sitting in my garage and I like to see people driving by. So I'll sit there and just open the garage door and allow myself to thought and just breathe because otherwise it's just nonstop. It's, it's harder to uh, structure is another area of, of concern. Like, well, I don't have this structure, but it's really hard to implement a new practice, a new structure to your life because I could literally sit here all day and work, you know, and, and, Pre-COVID, I would have a client and I'd walk out and I'd talk to them and I'd see other people. So for myself, I've made it a point to at lunch to make sure that I take at least 30 to 45 minutes outside of this space. There are some really cool, I don't know how many of y'all like yoga, but there's a really cool um, person that I follow called Yoga with Adrian, And she has really cool five to seven, 10 minute sessions that you could practice at your desk. So it's like desk yoga, chair yoga, you name it. And it's quick and easy. So if you do have a little chunk of time and can't run out, make sure that you try to stretch your body out and encourage your, yourself to breathe. But all of this is going to require intention. We know what we can do and what we need to do, but it's really doing what's best for yourself. We don't have the opportunity to do to do face to face, and you know, we we like I said earlier, we're doing the best we can with what we have. Schedule Zoom dates with your friends. So many apps. House Party is another app. You know that you can play games. Or they're not board games, but you can play games with your friends. There's FaceTime. Um, now we can chat via Instagram and and 
Facebook and all of that. So just really putting yourself out there. It's going to be different, but we have to adapt. You know, it's going to be different. If that's what we can get, that's the space that we have to get that connection. We got to do our best to adapt to that and, and utilize those resources. But in addition to that, we have counseling center groups. So I can definitely talk a little bit more about, about those services. Yeah, actually that was run into our next question. I think students right now are just trying to find ways to cope. And I really love that you said do things with intention because that's kind of like a running theme that we've been kind of running through, like doing things with intention, like making the effort, you know, to help yourself stay healthy and stay mentally healthy. So I guess that would run into the next question. Uh, what other services does the office provide? Do they have group services or anything else like that? Yeah. Yeah. And I want to piggyback off of what you said about the intention. If we don't take care of ourselves, nobody's going to do that for us. You know, so that's the choice that we have to make for ourselves. I can, I can spout off a different, all sorts of different activities. Like I see all your plants, get a plant, talk to your plants, you know, water your plants. I am a plant <laughs> lady. Yes. I love my plants. <laughs> it's really cool to watch them grow. And, and so, I mean, that's something, you know, to, to maintain or, you know, improve your mental health is something that you can take care of and watch grow and then if it dies it's okay we can go find another plant um but anyway yes you have to take care of yourself because we don't make ourselves a priority other people aren't going to be able to do that for us you know you're the one that pulls yourself out of bed yeah somebody can you know come on let's go let's go you've got to do this get out of bed you know you got to go to class show up but it's really your like wherewithal within you that gets you out of bed because there's that even if it's a little bit of hope or you know that that self-worth we're gonna we're gonna maximize whatever we have in there so to our groups we're rocking and rolling with our groups this semester i'll list off the names and then i'll let you all know specifically about the duration and whether or not it's an open or closed group and i can describe what an open and closed group is as well so currently we have our recovering your inner child group which is a really special group this one focuses on discovering forgotten emotions and um, developing or nurturing the creativity and wisdom that reflects that of a child. You know, when we think about kids, they're, they're like courageous. They're going to go and explore and experience with no, you know, and I want to say fearless, but that takes so much courage. And so as we grow up, you know, we have all these like societal expectations, family expectations that then start to put our little, like our inner child in a box. Okay, you can't do, you can't be running around. You can't be shouting or singing out at Walmart, but they're so free and they want to do that. But we start learning that, okay, you can't sing in public. You know, there's a time and a place, but eventually it begins to oppress or just put that little part, that creative, excited part of yourself in a box and you forget to, to live with excitement and creativity. So this one particularly focuses on trauma and how our inner child is suppressed by trauma. Unfortunately, this is closed. So by closed group, that means that when a student comes in for a screening, as clinicians, we assess their, their situation and we try to connect them with the best services we have available. What's the word? Not least restrictive, but the least intensive. You know, we're gonna start off by offering groups. If it's a little more intense, then we'll offer brief counseling. And brief counseling usually lasts between one and four sessions. If it's going to be a little more intensive, we'll, we'll recommend um, individual counseling. And that can go anywhere between six plus sessions, depending on the student's needs. 
But again, based on our clinical judgment, you know, and what we know about different needs, we can say, yeah, I think we can hit this and take care of it in four sessions. We're going to hit the ground running and address whatever those needs are. Um, or, hey, we have a group recovering your inner child. You know, we, you've talked about how you've had, you've experienced trauma. You have a lot of skills and strengths, but you know, we want to be able to strengthen or uh, replenish those skills that we haven't been using effectively. That's when we pull in the groups, and that would then probably not involve any individual counseling. We also have our self-love 101 group. That was a huge hit. We started offering it, I believe in June or July, and it's a six-week group focusing on developing or fostering self-love, self-worth, um, self-compassion. So yeah, basically along those lines, uh, improving your, your self-love. So that was a huge hit this summer, and we're on to our third group. We're about to finish our second one, and this next group on self-love begins October 20th. So if any students are interested in this group, again, it's been a huge hit. The students have loved it, so we, they're just trying to, to keep it rolling. We'll definitely put your links in our channel, so if they need any other resources, we can actually maybe, you know, way to connect with you guys. Yeah, yeah, give us a call, and, and we'll go there. We'll, we'll screen you for that group in particular. Yeah, I think like a lot of the problems with people joining, I mean, like right now with the pandemic, I guess you guys have more people kind of getting more involved with the process. But I think there always has been a stigma about mental health services. And, you know, going through that process actually kind of helps you learn a little bit more about yourself, because I think people think it take it really personal. They take it real personal and they think like, oh, people are going to judge me. But I think when you take a stand from like non-judgment and understanding, it's it's something that we can all we all need. Well, it's really cool because you realize so, okay, so sometimes students like, I don't want to do group. I am too, that stigma. I don't want people to know I struggle with this. But one of the things I try to tell my students is you're in a group. And when you're in this group, other people have similar needs, which is really validating that you are not, it normalizes. I'm not the only one that struggles with being kind to myself. You know, I'm not the only one that struggles with taming my inner critic. I'm not the only one um, but it's, yeah, I'm here with five, six, seven, eight other people that are, you know, similar, not identical, but are in similar situations. Um, and yeah, that stigma is very much a part of our culture. Hi, están locos, you know, or, you know, that's what we hear growing up. Um, but the more you know, the better you do. So the more you know, and the more you expose yourself to people that have that are willing to show they have mental health needs. And you're like, oh my gosh, you're just like me. It's just that we have tougher moments, you know, at different times. Um, and I'm here to help you through that. I may not have all the answers, but I'm gonna do my best to connect you with the right people. Two more groups we have are the, our DBT skills group, and we just changed the name. And I think it's something more catchy, like engaging. But anyway, this one really focuses on improving your ability to emotionally self-regulate. So learning how to calm yourself down when you're feeling afraid, scared, anxious, worried. So emotionally self-regulating, being able to sit and tolerate distress. So I have social anxiety. This is my first time on, a, you know, in Zoom. People, what are people gonna think about the way I look? What if my teacher calls on me? You know, being able to sit there and say, it's okay. This is nerve wracking. Yeah, it's scary. It's your first time, but take a deep breath and it's gonna become normal eventually. We're gonna, we're gonna 
adapt to this and feel a little more comfortable. You know, we might not get rid of the social anxiety, but we can reduce the intensity of it on the spectrum, you know, and learn how to sit with that anxiety and not feel like we're going to go into a panic. Um, also learning how to be mindful and to communicate effectively with others. So that's a really cool group. That one is on Tuesdays at 3.30. Self-love is also on Tuesdays, but at three o'clock. And then our last group, I failed to remember, we have two more groups. Uh, second to the last group, a time to grieve. This group already started already. It's an eight week group that provides a safe place for healing and remembering loved ones. So loved ones that we lost. This one, this one particularly focuses on the death of a loved one. And the reason they decided to, to facilitate or offer this one was because of COVID. You know, we lose family members all the time, but we're seeing the impact that it's having at such a rapid rate in just six months. You know, how many people we have come in contact, not just friends, but even colleagues who have lost loved ones to COVID. So this is that safe space to be able to process. And if you can, you know, but try to sit with that, that grief. I think like, honestly, this whole pandemic that's been going on, has been like kind of making us feel almost guilty. I, I, I know when I leave the house, I feel guilty. I have like this weird guilt. I've been doing some traveling because um, I'm taking my partner to go visit. We went to Dallas and it's just like coming back here. I'm literally telling like my whole family, like stay away from me right now. Give me some time for myself to like, you know, clear out, you know, wait till symptoms show up if they do. I mean, I don't want to say I'm a germaphobe, but I think that's kind of created that kind of like tick. Like every time I'm anywhere, I'm just like, oh, it's germex. And I just literally put germex like two seconds ago and I'm going to put it again. Like, and it's creating this kind of like anxiety. So, yeah, well, I've even, I know personally, but I've heard it from students too. that saying like, I'll walk by someone and I'll have my mask on, but I'll walk by and I'm like, I'm holding my breath, you know, because I don't want to breathe anything in. And so we'll, we'll talk through that, you know, rationally, does that make sense? You know, how much of this is impacting your social function? You know, they're out getting their basic needs met. They're trying to reduce the amount of time they spend outside. But how is it impacting you in that moment? And one of the things we want to try to prevent is that you're holding your breath and or somebody coughs and then you, you know, you go into this panic. What if they have it? What if it's on me? And you know, it, it does escalate our, our, our thoughts, our thoughts do begin to spiral. And, and sometimes we do lose control of our thoughts, but also just our physiological responses. We stop, we forget to breathe, we start trembling, you know, we start sweating, we start feeling tense. And then before we know it, we might end up in a panic. And so really kind of goes back to like uh, that DBT skills group. But learning how to regulate yourself and ground yourself, that's part of the mindfulness piece of DBT. Ground yourself in those moments that these are my thoughts, they're not facts. So having a plan of action, not spiraling into catastrophic thinking. Yeah, I totally get it. I, I try to avoid leaving as much as I can. And like you, you know, I'm, I'm sure most of us, we come in contact with elderly people or people that have compromised immune systems um, or other health needs. So we want to be careful and cautious. And then the last group is a mood management group, but that one focuses on mindfulness, managing your anxiety or depression, um, any symptoms of depression, any um, difficulty setting boundaries, um, being able to communicate effectively, just a variety of really valuable skills. And I believe that one is also five, is five weeks long. 
So again, if any anybody that's listening to this, if any of this of these spark your interest, you know, or if they sound some like something you want to participate in, give us a call or shoot us an email, and we'll try to you know get you in for a screening as soon as possible, and hook you up with one of these really helpful groups. So in addition to that, we have a few self-help resources. So let's say that you, you know, you're still working. We still have so many of our students working, you know, and my schedule is unpredictable. Um, I'm really busy with all of my classes. I'm also taking care of a family member, you know, whatever the reasons are, if scheduling an appointment for us isn't uh, an option, or maybe you're just not ready to call for a screening. We do have two other self-help resources, and one of them is called Thrive at UT. Um, so it's our UT RGV resource. It was uh, originally developed by uh, someone from UT Austin, and now we have this tool as well. But it's free to download. It's a, a useful resource for mental health wellness. You can download it on, I guess, any like Apple or what is the other big Android? Thing? Android, yes, yes. <laughs> so they're, they're available on both uh, Thrive at UT and there are a list or there are different little tabs or options that you can select, but they'll have local resources, different ideas on mindfulness, grounding, um, self-care, self-love. So there's a variety of information on there as well that maybe might be all you need for now. Um, and the last one is therapy assisted online. And so we call this TAU, it's self-help. Uh, it's a library of behavioral health resources. So it's, uh, it includes interactive modules. I know modules sound kind of like, oh gosh, I've got to complete this, but it's self-paced. You can go and there are little videos that you can look through and just learn different skills and tips um, to help you understand and manage how you feel, think and act. Um, because if we're feeling some kind of way, we're going to have certain thoughts connected to that feeling that are then going to lead us to behave or to act or to respond in a certain way. So if you can be learn how to develop that awareness, that self-awareness and self-reflection are key, you can develop that and then identify skills that can help you manage those moments. We're, we're hopeful that you'll find some improvement in those I wanted to ask um, on like what, what you said about Thrive and the opposite spectrum of that. I know that the Counseling Center also um, has a service for the Vaquero Crisis Line. What exactly um, does that have for students? So the Vaquero's Crisis Line is available to all U enrolled UTRGV students. It's available 24-7 and it's a confidential line. We're open 8 to 5, Monday through Friday, you know, but if you know, it's 520 and we're no longer available. Vaquero's crisis line is available to you. And just like we're licensed counselors um, and therapists, on the other line, when you call 665-5555, there will be a licensed clinician on the other side, on the other end of the line as well, that will help you, whether it's I'm feeling really anxious, I'm in a panic, I'm having thoughts of wanting to hurt myself, of wanting to die. I just got in a fight with my brother or my mother or my aunt, and I feel like I might lose my, you know, my self-control. Whatever the need is, you can call them and there will be somebody on the line that is able to help you ground yourself and think rationally because 
when we're panicking and we're afraid and we're fearful and we're angry, all we're thinking is survival. And none of our logical way of thinking is intact. With someone on the other end of the line, being able to talk to you and remind you of where you are, then you know, you're not having to try to navigate that self, that by yourself in survival mode, you have somebody guiding you through that. So absolutely, please use that resource. Um, it's a free resource with clinicians that can help you self-regulate or learn how to self-regulate. I definitely get you when you talked about how you're not thinking logically when you have those like kinds of breakdowns. Like it's so hard to, I mean, it's ever been extreme <laughs> for me, but it's so hard to, to like, to take a blackboard exam and you maybe not have made the grade you wanted to and you automatically go into worst case scenario you're yeah. like everything's crumbling i'm gonna fail i'm a failure and like now i look back at it i'm like all he all i had to do was like wait for the next exam and then it all went okay so mm-hmm. it's so easy to get lost and just to yeah. think to think so bad of yourself but um for sure. I think that's yeah. a great resource, especially for like students that, you know, mm-hmm. get it off their chest and just take a breather and um, just know that, you know, nothing is forever. Like everything can be fixed. So, And and I think that's the problem. We don't know how to self-regulate. We keep ourselves under that heat with very unhelpful thinking patterns. I like to use the example of, of a pot of water, like you're going to boil spaghetti and the water's calm, maybe you used hot water, so it's a little steamy, but you put it on the the range, (laughs) you turn up the heat, but it starts to, you know, produce more heat, and then we have the bubbles, and then we have it splashing, and then it's everywhere, you know, and then your range is a mess, but the only way to, to calm it down is to remove it from the heat, to remove it from the fire, and that's why, I mean, I think we often forget, just walk away, you know, just walk away and take a deep breath. But it's so true. You remove yourself from that trigger, that stressor, the computer, you know, blackboard, and you go outside and you realize, okay, it's not just me in this room. There's more out there than just me and my computer and this class. And so the more we practice that, it's going to be hard. It's going to be hard at the beginning, but the more you practice it, the more you're able to say, okay it's going to be okay. I'm going to be able to fix this. You know, I'm going to reach out to my professor and see what I need to do differently or what did I miss? Or maybe I didn't understand this concept, whatever it is, there are solutions. Sometimes we need somebody else to talk it out with and to help us come up with useful ideas, but we all have the answers. It's just that we can't always figure them out on our own. I think as a college student, no matter where you are, you're bound to run into an emotional breakdown, sadly. Like, it's just something, even now with COVID, yeah, like, that's why every student I run into that's coming into TRGV or is just, I notice they're having, like, issues. I'm like, hey, um, have you taken a look at the counseling center? And they're like, what are you talking about, like, the clinic? And I'm like, no, 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 like, the counseling center. Like, it's a resource. And they're like, they'll come to me later and be like, thank you so much, like, I called, I set an appointment, I now have something to look forward to. And I'm just like, yeah, like, I think this is a resource that so many students either just don't feel the need to look into, or they've just never been told to look into it. And I just, I I always want to stress that this department exists and it's so important for, and and I'm so happy to hear that it's growing more that, um, you know, as students, it's, it's a, it's a lesser commitment to actually build up the integrity to get up someone struggling with depression might not even want to go to campus and make that Mm -hmm. initial step to the counseling center physically but to be doing it over um online we've said this with event coordinators it's so great because students that would have never had that 
um, even through transportation, would have never had that uh, ability to, can now do it remotely. Um, yeah. So I'm really, I'm happy that the counseling center is, is um, you, you said it's growing a lot more and a lot more students are taking advantage of it now that it's virtual. And I'm, I'm so proud of that. Yes, it's definitely taken some adjustment. I remember my first session through telehealth. I think I made it weird for me and my student. Thankfully, you know, it was somebody that I'd been working with, but I know that I was overthinking, like, is she crying? Is she okay? Like I was, that body language that we're able to identify in person is just so much harder through a camera. Um, and then I just had to calm myself down and say, Hey, you know what, you know, this student, you know what you're doing, you know how to help people. And if you don't know, if you, if you really don't know and ask, it's going to be okay to ask, you know? So even us as clinicians, I have a therapist, um, colleague that was like, this is like the first time in life that we've actually experienced, maybe not the first time in life, but our lives, you know, that we've actually experienced a disaster with alongside of our students and we're all going through the same thing you know like oh my gosh it's so true we can totally relate on this level um and we've been honest like we're, we're we've struggled too and again goes back to that intention i like to exercise so i'll get up and i'd go to the gym and i'd wake up at like four 30 or so for 20 and, and I'd show up at five that changed for me. And there was a point in time where I wasn't getting up and I was like, no, you have to stick to your routine, your regimen, you're going to do it here at home, but you stick to what works for you. Yeah. I definitely took on plants. As you can see, I have so many plants. <laughs> I love my plants. I take care of them. Like I literally am that I'm like, you know, they have the crazy cat lady. You're the plant. I'm the crazy <laughs> plant dude. Plant, plant dude. <laughs> I'm a herbologist it. now. Like I'm gonna go. Oh. I'm gonna go to their um, <laughs> garden and just like take advantage of it or something. That's another. Yeah. We could do. Maybe we could do an interview on that because. Sure. You know, I think everyone needs to find like that hobby. I think that's probably one of the best ways to cope. I mean, I used to go exercise all the time too. I mean, like lately I haven't, and I've just been letting myself go here at home. But I've been like finding ways. I bought this little press thing where I can like kind of like work out my legs, keep myself active because I just I get lazy. I get lazy, and I think like you know all these problems with COVID have been like, you know it's 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 so true. I love that you're saying all these things with intention and how like we're all going through the same thing during the pandemic. It's something that's shared, and it's just those things that we can talk about like overeating i literally have mm. over eight i usually have this space where i'm like doing several things at once so i'll just work plant food right i'm doing like work plant food this should be a bumper sticker <laughs> work, work. i work plant and food yes <laughs> well that over overeating has actually been something that we've seen with our students i've seen it in myself i'll have my snacks and i'm like in between sessions eating my snacks but i'm not as mobile as i used to be you know, at the, the counseling center, we're at the student center and our bathrooms are on second floor and third floor. So I'd go up the stairs and that was my exercise. I'm just sitting here all day. So I have to make myself get up. But oh my gosh, the snacks have been the worst. So, but yeah, uh, one of the things too that I've talked to about a student, plants with a student is like, oh, I forget that they're there. I'm so busy that I forget that my plant plants are there I forget to water them well we're home with them all the time so this is the best time to take care of your plants because you're going to see them um but yeah I, I have them everywhere as well and it, it does make for brighter space I did that with my kids they have 
they're doing school from home. I have a fifth grader and a sixth grader and I put two little plants by my daughter's window where her computer's at and my son's, his computer's facing the wall, but he loves having his window open and he has two little plants by his window as well. That's another really helpful tip. If you have a window in your room or your space, open it up, open it up. Because that, I mean, we have gloomy days too and those make me want to sleep a little, but it really lets you know that there is a world outside of here. The sun's rising and it, you know, it goes down. It's, it's still I'm going to open my window right now. I see that. Doubt. <laughs> <laughs> yes, open your windows. Uh, I've, I've noticed that I have like little lizard friends at my windows that just hang cats. out there. Yeah. And the stray yes. cats, I, I, I see like a tail, like, cause I have my window open. That's like right here on the first floor. And like, I'll see like a little tail just like pass by kind of like this, kind of like passing by. <laughs> little cat pass by. So yeah. You know, I, I wanted to say, and I totally forgot to mention this, specifically thinking about our freshmen. I haven't had a lot of freshmen come in to onto my caseload. But the change, you know, we think about going to college and I, you know, reflect on my college life and how exciting that was. I couldn't wait to get out of high school and, and go to college. And my first year looks nothing like what the TV says, you know, what, what, what's on TV or what my, you know, potentially older friends have, have said college is like. Have y'all um, discussed that on any other previous you know, podcast? Surprisingly, we do go over like, Quite a few topics we went one over voting one over census we did go over public health this coming monday's public health and then yours is the following week next monday the following monday and um yeah i think like that's some of the things that we kind of try to direct towards but we're more, mostly talking about the resources and i'm glad that you pointed that out because uh, i think like freshmen coming this year it's different in so many dramatic effects like that's going on so it's just like it's super different for them yeah, I remember thinking like, I can't wait to leave home. I can't wait to be independent, you know? And, and for a lot of our students, they still stay home, you know, and it's community, but you get that time to leave, that independence to go to class and drive yourself or, you know, hitch a ride with someone, meet new, make new friends. Uh, my son's in junior high. He just started sixth grade and it's not high, it's not college, but that's exciting. You're supposed to be able to switch classes and meet students from different elementary schools. And it's totally changed, you know, but for, for college, cause this is like adulthood. This is like that whole new level of independence that you're just, you're confined right now. You, you're not able to do that. We have Zooms, but you can't stay after class and chit chat with classmates. Everybody's like, leave, you know, the instant <laughs> that you get to leave. So you don't have that space to socialize and make new connections and, you know, or maybe we need to find a way to have discussions after class, you know, professors might need to, and, and I know this is already part, we know that they have group work and you, you know, have students work together in groups. So you still have that, but it's still very focused on, on work, you know, mm -hmm. not like, what did you do this weekend? Or, hey, I like your, your backpack or 
oh, I really like your hair, whatever it is that you, you use to start small stop, small talk, you know. I think we're going to do an episode on some student organizations. Uh, that's something that I've been wanting to plan and put around because there's a lot of student orgs that are just doing great things. One of the ones that I've joined was uh, Google Developer Student Club. I didn't even know it existed up until like last year and it's like someone had organized it. So and of, of course, they have like academic fraternities and sororities. They have like, you know, the LGBT. TQ, you know, organization and different services. I mean, Jerry's mentioned uh, some of these group or organizations kind of get with you guys. Um, we we have in the past, we've connected with Ally. Um, we've worked really closely with that on um, and uh, like diver diversity, the Center for Diversity and Inclusion. And he does lead up a lot of that that type, the, you know, work uh, with LGBTQI+, with um, Dreamers, with, I mean, you name it. Like, he, he works with anything that involves diversity and inclusion. So he'd be really cool to reach out to. He has done incredible stuff over the summer, bringing in people from the community or within the university, talking about, oh gosh, they're called community connections. And we talked about different areas of concern. So we did talk about Black Lives Matter. We talked about race. Um, my topic was it's okay not to be okay. So many different really cool topics that he held from June to July. I totally recommend reaching out to him. He's doing yeah, great stuff. I was planning on reaching out to him. I've interviewed him in the past and um, yeah, just to understand where the department stands now from work, like from being from home and what efforts are being taken and what upcoming mm -hmm. events that they're doing. Um, for sure, 100% interested in that. And I think first year experience, like our organization, we're doing live events too. And we're trying to bring freshmen together and just like the student body together. We started a Discord, which is like an online messaging board. Mm -hmm. And so many students have joined and already have started like chatting with each other in specific oh, like chat. So it, though it's not the same, like you said, it's like, it's a step towards, you know, um, just being able to do more of that in, in online. So um but you know what, Jerry, it's also really interesting. So my, my students, when we have to develop safety plans or identify support groups for, you know, because they're, they're struggling and they need to be able to remember that they're not alone and they do have supports. I have so many students that list their discord friends. They're not their IRL, you know, friends, but they'll say, oh, cha-cha or you know buggy or whatever their names are and i'm like okay, oh, that's her discord name but they have yeah. access to them so much faster than they would an a real life friend that they can't go over to their house you know they're always on their platform yeah. that you're using but yeah it's super cool I have like made some really like that i was friends with in high school that i never would have talked to uh -huh. i now have become like really deep friends with because of the pandemic kind of forced me to and I'm like that. That's so cool. it's so weird yeah. and like yeah this generation I feel is so like much more susceptible to being like okay we're not gonna be in person that's cool I'll be online later today like all yeah. day so yeah it's so yeah. interesting it definitely has its pros and cons and it's like my mom brain ch chiming in but my kiddos have discord cautious but they have friends all over the u.s and they're like trying to talk about how we're going to meet up i'm like yo wait it's the pandemic you're not going to meet anybody nowhere anytime soon okay mm -hmm. but, but they dream about being able to meet each other someday because they do have very very unique but very deep connections with each other so that is that is a really cool option too that we have to connect with others 
So it was fantastic talking to you. Um, I really appreciate you taking the time to talk to us. And we're going to make sure to plug all of those resources as we upload this podcast next, uh, the, following, the following week after next week, just to make sure that everyone knows about you all. And we're so excited. Um, thank you so much once again for joining us. And thank you, Nick. And thank you, Grayson, for being our co-host today. And my name is Jerry Galindo. And uh, thank you so much for listening to this podcast. Oh,